Lights, camera, action. When a script is written that is so bad, no one will film it. These brave podcasters will bring it to life just so they can mock it. This is Table Reads. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Table Reads with Sean McBee, Jeff Lewis, and Joshua Baker. Hey everybody, welcome back to Table Reads and Bill and Ted. Bill and Ted Face the Music is now out and available for everybody to watch. But I think you should listen to this instead. Before. Sean coming in hot with the intro, eh? <laughs> I'm like, fuck the real movie. This is this is where the real shit's going down. We've been uh, we've been like bantering for like the last five ten minutes. This <laughs> Sean flips up. So it's like, hello. Hey man, Josh has a heart out. He's got to get up early in the morning. I got to get I some do. shit done. Ooh. So let's fucking do it. Previously on Table Reads. Bill and Ted are idiot teenagers who are in a band that is destined to save mankind, but only if they can pass the 10th grade. That's the like 80s, the 80s uh, trailer intro, which they're going to do by time napping various historical figures and giving a presentation at school. So far, it's been mostly the hijinks you would expect from such a premise, but with the added wrinkle that the San Dimas Circle K in 1988 is the nexus of time and space for the entire multiverse. In an attempt to keep the canon of the original films intact for the reboot, much in the same way that J.J. Abrams would do to much better effect for Star Trek two years later. Mm. When we left off, the guys had so far collected Hernando Cortez, Eric the Red, Cleopatra, Calamity Jane, and had just grabbed Michelangelo and taken off into the time stream using a time device that only Bill knows has had a run-in with some Slurpee. Fade in. So excited for this. It's been a fun read so far. I've had, I've had a pretty good time with the comedy. This is this is interesting. Exterior park slash soccer field later that day. A sweaty Cortez plays soccer with a group of guys. He's playing decently, kicking the ball towards the goal. Aquí, aquí, estoy abierto. Cortez tries to pass the ball, but Pedro, a player on the opposing team, kicks him in the shins and steals the ball. This team plays dirty. What a dick. As another player on Cortez's team tries to get the ball away, he is shoved onto the ground by another player. Pedro pushes a defender out of the way and scores a goal. Several of Cortez's teammates lie on the ground as Pedro's team celebrates. Pedro looks at Cortez and smiles and spits towards him. Cortez, steaming, screams. Who was Cortez? Did, did he even have any lines? Uh, uh, I, I can do Cortez. I'm yeah, you got a better fan. You have the puta! Wait. What? That's Wait, not what he said. Is that wrong? Oh, oh, I'm way down there. My bad. My bad. That's too early. panochas! <laughs> can you turn your mic down a little, Josh? You, you still sound like you're really, like, blowing up. That's interesting. I have not changed any settings. Weird. It's like you're going uh, into How's the red. That? That's much How's better. How's that? Much, much better. better? Yeah. There you go. Sweet. Back to the enterprise. Yeah. You want me to do it again? Yeah. Pajaras ponochas! Cortez raises his hand, ready to battle. Music crew, music cue, Ravel's Bolero. I don't have that on my soundboard, guys. Sorry. <laughs> Use the Star Wars. Uh, slow-mo Cortez punches one of the opposing players in the face the ref runs over to intervene Cortez decks him and he is knocked unconscious 
Chaos on the field as Cortez single-handedly kicks the shit out of the other team. Cortez makes his way closer to Pedro while his team watches in awe. He clobbers players as he makes his way down the field. He clotheslines a guy. Cortez and Pedro stare at each other down, stare each other down as they move closer. Pedro spits. Cortez spits. Cortez runs towards him and uses his head to ram into Pedro's gut. He bobs and weaves, getting in some brutal punches. He lets out a primal scream and knocks him down with a final kick to the shins. Pedro is taken down by the Conquistador. So this is kind of a, a mirror of the sports store scene with Attila the Hun. Like it's, but instead of him putting on like a football helmet and like having a hockey stick and beating up a bunch of mall employees, he's like playing soccer, I guess. Jeff, can I ask you a question? Sir. Do you rewatch the Bill and Ted movies every year? I have not seen the first one. Like you, you, you reread Watchmen <laughs> and then you watch Bill and Ted. <laughs> oh no, he figured out my January. <laughs> no, I, I remember, I remember the Bill and Ted movies really fondly. I don't know why, but uh, the first one I haven't seen since I was a kid. Spoiler: I, I watched the second one today, oh. so I got a little more of a wait. Bogus Journey. Yeah, so Bogus Journey was mostly the one that I had because I had it on VHS and I didn't have the other one. Um, So I think I've seen the first one twice, maybe, my whole life. But like the other one, I must have watched a dozen times. Same. Dude, the second one, I don't think I I haven't seen the movie in like 15 years minimum. But I still remember like the, I remember Death's Little Rap. You might be a king or a street sweeper, (laughs) but sooner or later you'll dance with the Reaper. It's the oh best. My God, he so so. That's William Sadler, right? Yeah. And I I I I much more appreciated his fucking performance as an adult now. Like watching him in that movie, like as a as a performer trying to play like the straight guy in this fucking movie is so good. God damn! And then there's a whole bunch of jokes that that passed over me as a kid, but we'll oh. talk about those after this. <laughs> I have the whole trilogy now. I'm I'm probably gonna watch them all on Monday just for fun. Oh man, I'm watching the third one tomorrow night. That's my plan. Yeah, I, I don't like to do things by halves. Like I go all in. Like uh, I recently watched all the Star Wars movies in a row over Whoa. two days. Like all the canon ones or just the, the, the trilogies? The the core nine. Okay, okay, okay. All right. But I do I gotta tell you, those prequels were rough. They suck ass. They still suck. There's people like being apologists about it now. Like it's, it's having like oh, a resurgence of people being it's like, like, it's not Space that bad. Jam. There are people that grew up with it, like Kelly, who who just love it and will not see reason. They had a they, the internet had a fucking breakdown with LeBron James because he's got a different he doesn't have like the Toon Squad logo or something on the jersey, and everybody I guess people are trying to defend the lore of Space Jam. They're like, they're like you piece of shit, like quit shitting on the legacy of, like, of Space Jam. Who gives a shit? It's a fucking commercial. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, go to Six Flags. Yeah, drink Sprite. Yeah. Fucking give me the, the, the by Nike. Off. It's it's a yeah, Nike, Nike commercial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But space. Wow, okay, we got, we got for space anyone Jam listening now. to me that loves Space Jam, I want you to know Space Jam fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Come at me, bro. Trying to put a line in the sand. And Space Jam. I'm I'm real real serious about my Space Jam hate. In fact. Trevor and I, when we were teenagers, got to talk to Chuck Jones on the telephone. That's rad. And we asked him what he thought of Space Jam. And the first words out of his mouth were, oh, it was terrible. And if Chuck Jones agrees with me, I don't care what y'all motherfuckers have to say about it. Sure, he can say that now. He's sitting in the house that Space Jam paid for. (laughs) (laughs) But I I like to think that Sean is equally as obsessive about space jam just on the opposite end he's got the he's got the opposite path uh, like <laughs> passion he's got a shirt that says fuck tune squad <laughs> for, for one chuck jones was not involved in space jam at all 
That was oh. the thing that we really noticed when we watched it because we hated it immediately upon watching it. It's not like we got old and we're like, Space Jam sucks because we're fucking contrary and shit. Uh, it, we always hated it because we loved the Looney Tunes and that movie sucks. What year did Space Jam come out? Was that like 97. 97? So 96. Was, 96, I think. I was seven. So that was I was the demographic for that movie. I was like 17. <laughs> And oh. I fucking hated it. And and look, Chuck Jones spent 60 years making these characters. So if he agrees with me that it sucks, then it sucks. And that's fucking law. That's universal <laughs> physics is what that is. When, when the fuck did I create Michael Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> They're shitting on my legacy. <laughs> look, man, Sorry. if... If you could fucking uh, necromance up J.R.R. Tolkien and he watched the Lord of the Rings movies and was like, that shit sucks, I'd have to be like, well, I guess he's right. Sometimes oh, you no, just you have to... No, fuck that. Fuck that. By that, log- by that logic, you'd have Scorsese. You have to listen to Scorsese. He's like, all oh, these fucking movies, all these movies that come out now, they all suck because they're not real cinema, blah, 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 blah. Like, come on, man. An even closer comparison would be like Alan Moore telling me I'm stupid for liking the killing joke. Oh god, yeah, you guys are right. Like, oh, you suck. You guys yeah, are right. You guys are right. But like, but I stand by the Chuck thing because it's the same okay. medium. It's not an adaptation. <laughs> I don't, I don't like we're attacking you. Like, I'm like I'm not like gonna be like Sean. You're the only thing in my way between Chuck Lore and me. Like, <laughs> I don't have a strong enough opinion about Space Jam to give a shit. It's like okay, fucking Looney Tunes and basketball. <laughs> It sounds like a Taco Bell crossover. Like that's basically what it is, right? Like anyway, the opposing team is strewn about on the field like dead fish. Cortez notices Pedro twitch and raise his head. Hijo de puta! There it is. Cortez kicks him and he passes out again. Cortez's team raises him up above their shoulders in triumph. Interior, Ben Franklin's house, Philadelphia, 1785, evening. Chiron, Philadelphia, 1785. They do that every time. An old house. It smells like cheese. How could it possibly be old? Yeah, they kind of just built it, right? They just built that motherfucker. (laughs) I'm more concerned with... This is old as a fucking nation. (laughs) I'm more concerned with them giving us a smell in the direction. Yeah, how do we know it smells like cheese? There's just fucking cheese everywhere in this house. Like, this house looks like it smells like cheese. <laughs> Flash of blue light. Bill, Ted, and the gang appear. The bubble spins a few times with the gang inside before settling. The bubble is clearly on the fritz. Once it vanishes, they are all a bit queasy. Oh boy. What was that about? Who knows? I don't know. Crazy time traveling bubbles, you know, right? A door slams, followed by footsteps coming down the stairs. The guys move out of view. You were a sheer delight. Ah, it's nothing. That's Lady of the Night is her. I'm a Lady of the Night. That's Josh. (sighs) She comes into view as Ben Franklin follows, buttoning up. He runs in front of her as she is at the front door and drapes his body in front, blocking her exit. Whoa. Why the hurry? How about another dip in the old inkwell with the man who invented bifocals? <laughs> ben removes his glasses, showing them off, and winks. Oh. Angle on Bill and Ted, who look thoroughly grossed out. I'm due at Thomas Jefferson's in 10 minutes. Oh, she's a slave? What? Whoa, this is the new Hamilton. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, you should have rapped on the man who invented Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, another quick aside. When Uh-oh. Hamilton dropped on Disney Plus, I finally watched it. And dude, I was rapped. That, not, not R A P P E D, but R A P T. That shit's amazing. Uh, 
<laughs> okay, so nah, I'm not doing it. I'm not going to die on this hill. All right, what was that, Ben Franklin? I thought I, it was I, worth I the hype. Movie. I'm just saying. I haven't. I, I did. I never watched it until uh, it came out on Disney, and we watched it that night. And I was kind of like trying to figure it out. I'm like, what's the parts that people like? Like, like, and I'm watching through it, and the only parts I liked was the king. Oh, King like, George I, I, is I, the I, absolute greatest. That was the best parts, but the rest felt like a schoolhouse rock rap. Sixty percent of the people that watch this watch Hamilton have no fucking idea what's going on. They don't understand the fucking lyrics. They don't understand why it's fucking cool. Like they're like, "Oh, it's the best! It's the best!" And they're saying it's the best because somebody they hurt like they like them. They said it was the best. Like, right. but I'm just like. Like he's one of those lies. Like I'm Alexander Hamilton. I'm here to te- say I'm teaching history in the USA. I was like, like, what schoolhouse bullshit is this? I thought this shit was deep, man. Anyway, sorry. That's a oof. Let's Whatever. move on. I'm really liking how this script is handling Ben Franklin. It's pretty on the nose. It's funny. This is good. This has been a good a good bit. It's funny, but it's also historically accurate because that guy was a horn dog. That's right. Oh, Thomas, isn't that lovely? The two of us sharing a wench. Do give him my regards. She puts her hand out, waiting to be paid. Ah, yes. Two bits <laughs> and a bag of rolled oats. <laughs> He grabs money and a bag of oats from a table by the door and hands them to her. She bolts. He just has his own dick. He just has a bag of oats at the door. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, you gotta have your drawer full of hooker oats. Yeah, he's just like, he's just like, which one? Like, he's just over there making a fucking choice. Like, mm. <laughs> like which baggie do I give her? It's like, are they the rolled oats or the quick oats? <laughs> That's a good bit. I like He's paying me with oats. Ben, upon hearing this, turns to look. Who goes there? The gang steps out of the shadows. Uh, we didn't see anything. Yeah, right, you whoremonger. Look, um, Mr. Franklin, will you come with us? We need you to help us past 10th grade. I'll do nothing of the sort. But we need you for American history. Yeah, you, you were like going to be one of our best catches. Well, yes, I can see how I would be, but. Yeah, because you're like a great founding father and inventor. A genius, really. Well, genius, I don't know. Look, right now in the land where we come from, you're just a picture. A fat man in a book. Ben checks out his belly. Am I fat? If people could actually see you in person, they'd be completely amazed. Um, uh, amazed? R- really? Ben is thinking about it, considering. The naked ladies would throw themselves at you, right? Right, Jane? Don't, don't you think? Bill gives Jane a hopeful look. Yeah, right. You're one hot piece of turkey. I'd like to smother you in gravy and eat you up. Cleo, <laughs> right? Huh? Get a load of this sex pot. Bill gives Cleo the look. She smiles and pinches Ben's chubby cheek. He blushes. Why, ladies, you flatter me. Well, I, I suppose in the, in the spirit of education, it is my duty to join you in your quest. Bill dials and flash. They grab Ben into the bubble. The bubble sparks before vanishing. A bolt shoots out, setting a nearby chair on fire. They are gone before noticing. (laughs) That's not good. Exterior, New York City Cafe, 1929. Later that day. Chiron, New York City, 1929. A quaint Um. cafe. They have delicious croissants. (laughs) Don't you do that. Patrons sit outside and sip coffee. The bubble sparks as it appears. All our gang's hair is standing up on end, full of static. They smooth their hair down and look around, perplexed. Bill eyes a man sitting, smoking a pipe and reading. Hey, you think it's him? Definitely. Check out that stash. It's in full effect. They walk over to the man. It's Albert Einstein. 
Hello. There's, uh, the Ted has a line first. Oh my bad. Oh, okay, sorry. I thought. What's up, Einstein? Should I be Einstein uh, since you guys are? Yeah, yeah. Time? I thought you were waiting it, so I, I went ahead and read it. My bad. Oh, can I just uh, do a quick aside? Did you know that Albert Brooks's birth name is Albert Einstein? I did not know that. Oh, Albert Brooks. Typing in. <laughs> uh, I heard someone say it on a show Jessica was watching, and I was like, no. And I looked it up, and I went, whoa. It's true. What a time. <clears throat> Hello. Oh, sorry, I did a bad thing. <clears throat> We've come here from San Dimas. San Dimas. Yes, it's in a world called America. It probably doesn't exist yet. Well, actually. Anyway, look, don't mean to be rude, but we're on a tight schedule. We have we have to time travel back. Einstein jumps at the news. Time travelers? Impossible. How? Uh, oh, sorry. <clears throat> Um, we use this cell phone. May I? Ted hands the phone to Einstein, who whips out his magnifying glass to inspect. We zoom in through the magnifying glass into the inner workings. We see some blue Slurpee oozing into the circuit board. What is this interesting liquid residue? And it smells... Like sweet... Berries... Bill grabs the phone from Einstein. It's the future. Uh, the, the, there's all kinds of crazy things you don't know about yet. Come on, we gotta go home. You're, you're the last pickup. Uh, quick question. Um, if you look at your phone with a, a magnifying glass, will you see the circuit board? Uh, I'm, you know, I've never tried. I can't. Look here, Albert Einstein, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> circuit boards <laughs> I guess he has an x-ray magnifying glass the inner workings yep oh, that's, that's, it all fixes up right there Ted looks at Bill notices his odd behavior <clears throat> Bill flips the phone open and dials the bubble wait it's a flip phone did we know that this is 2007 I, I it, it had to be a flip phone yeah. That's the year the iPhone came out. I just, I guess I assumed that this was being written when they already knew about the iPhone. Oh, wow. Because that was, the, that was uh, announced in January that year. So, uh, That's true. They, they, had a le- they had 10 months to figure this shit out. Oh, yeah. This was ri- written in November. So it was already out, like, yeah. public by the time they wrote this draft. There's no way it should be a flip phone. Maybe they were like, it's a fad. It'll never catch on. <laughs> Nobody wants that. It's a fad, like that internet. Yeah. <laughs> that World Wide Web. Vaccines. Uh, a bolt of electricity shocks Bill in the ass. Ow! The bubble vanishes and sends out a wave of electric pulses in its wake, causing a fire hydrant to burst open. Interior, bubble, space-time, continuous. Einstein beams as he flies through space-time. <laughs> How silly. He's such a serious man. The bubble flickers. Bill and Ted notice and exchange a look. Bill quickly averts his eyes. Exterior, open field, somewhere in time, later that day. Flash of blue as the bubble appears. It flickers and turns brown. They poke at it. Why isn't it disappearing? Finally, it disappears in a puff of smoke. They inspect their surroundings. Um, I don't think this is San Dimas. That's what the phone says. Ted grabs the phone, looks at it, as we hear a slow rumble. I say, what is that ruckus? The gang all takes a moment to listen. Calamity puts her ear down to the ground. After a beat, her eyes go wide. Stampede! Angle on a herd of buffalo barreling towards them. I wasn't Mamma mia, chitkazo! Exactly, holy crap! They take off running. 
Dial, Ted, dial! Ted presses buttons as the stampede draws closer. It's not working! Bill trips on a rock and eats it. Eric grabs him with one hand and picks him up, carrying him under his arm. The scroll key is sticking! Just hit send! I'm trying! Ted frantically presses keys. After a few beats, the bubble starts to form and takes the gang away just in time. Interior, Hitler's bathroom, 1942, <laughs> evening, Sunday evening. Oh, we don't get a Chiron on this one. It's, it's a solemn moment. <laughs> we are in an ornate bathroom. Adolf Hitler, with his signature tiny mustache, takes a bubble bath. <laughs> he wears, That's actually, that makes me laugh. That's funny. <laughs> he wears a shower cap and sings the German lullaby, a little violin. Ein klein geich mocht ich haben. Ein klein geich hack ich germ. <laughs> Strangely, I don't know that German lullaby. It sounded great. <laughs> the time regular, bubble appears. You're a regular Hitler. <laughs> Uh, thanks. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> the time bubble appears four feet off the ground. Hitler is in shock. The gang looks down, tired and confused. Suddenly, the bubble disappears and they fall to the floor. Um, hello? Adolf Hitler? Einstein! <laughs> I, I have two German characters. I have to differentiate them. Good luck. So Hitler's got to be full Hitler all the time. <laughs> Einstein runs up to Hitler and open hand slaps him across the face. Hitler, uh -oh, had one. furious, grabs a gun by the side of his tub. Hitler has a gun. Hitler's got a gun. <laughs> Bill yanks Einstein back. Ted starts banging keys on the phone. Hitler fumbles the gun a bit with his soapy hands. Come on, come on! Something is severely wrong with this thing! The bubble appears and sounds like a loud, whizzing turbine. No, I don't have the spaceship anymore. <laughs> the bubble appears and sounds like a loud, whizzing turbine and glows brightly as it envelops them. Hitler aims at the crew. Bill covers the gang and pushes them back just before Hitler takes a shot, grazing Bill's right arm. They're gone. Interior, bubble, space-time, continuous. The gang hurtles through space-time. They move at record speeds. Bill looks at his arm. It's covered in red. Ugh, I'm bleeding. I've been shot. Mama Leone. What the hell? Part of the bubble disintegrates, opening a hole. Ben Franklin falls out. He is quickly snagged by Eric and holds on for dear life. Screams all around as Ben's pants are sucked off in the fabric of time. My pantaloons! They pull, back, they pull Ben back in. Gusts of wind blow through the bubble. Bill, I'm getting really sleepy. Ted passes out and slouches in the bubble. Ted! Cleo passes out and falls into Bill's arms. Cleo! Ow! The group is getting drowsy, having a difficult time standing up straight. Ben Franklin is in... is the next to conk out. Ow! What's happening? My best guess is that until now, the time bubble has kept us from feeling the effects of space-time atmosphere, which must be pretty thin. Similar in composition to that of the Stratus. Albert Einstein passes out. Calamity and Eric follow suit. Oh, crap. The rest of them fall asleep. The bubble starts to vanish around them. Their limp bodies fall through space-time. Table Reads will return after this brief word from our sponsors. 
What's up, docs and docettes? Trevor Thompson, one of Looney Tunes critic here, and if you like old cartoons and watching online reviewers dissect them, then you probably said the same thing I did about two years ago. Hey, what the fuck? Here, watch your language, you bud. Every Saturday morning, I do a brand new commentary of a Warner Brothers short. All throughout the month, I do video essays examining the history of these cartoons. Catch my videos on youtube.com slash ferriswheelhouse2, or just use the hashtag Looney Tunes Critic. And now, here's Eric Bauza, the new voice of Bugs Bunny. You've been listening to the Looney Tunes Critic. Ain't he a stinker? Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Lights, camera, action. So the movie's kaput, which means your script ain't worth the buffalo shit on a nickel. Now, back to Table Reads. And we're back. Go back. Sorry, you guys back, weren't back, back yet. I, I was taking my time to bring you back. Oh, I was trying to I was trying to read in and give you a minute. I saw you mess with the computer. I was like, ah, hey, everybody, look at us. Oh, yeah, it was audition. Still doing fucked up shit. Making of me course. mad. Why not? All right. <clears throat> I'm just a wreck today. Are you doing great? You got a great Hitler going for you? Is, Hitler's is gone. He had that one uh, scene. I think all he said was Einstein. <laughs> and then he shot Bill S. Preston Esquire. Which are words not spoken in this entire script so, so far. That's true. Maybe at the end they're saving it. They're making us want it. All right. Let's get the fuck in there. Fade in. Exterior, India, 1940, night. Chiron, India, 1940, a peaceful mountaintop. It's breezy. Wait, so did they, was it the Chiron before that said that it smelled like cheese? Because that would be funny. I don't think it was. What's a Chiron? It's the caption on the screen that tells you where you are. Oh. Why is it called a Chiron? Um, probably for reasons that made sense in 1938 and it's just stuck around forever. Chiron. Like electronically generated caption superimposed on a television or movie screen. Yeah, it, it probably was named for like whatever archaic process they used to use to put it on there. It was the name, it was the name of the company. Oh, that that created the software for producers to be able to use it. He's talking out of his ass because he just said software. Uh, uh, they didn't have software back then. Oh, uh, God, what's my source on this? Miriam Webster, who are you? <laughs> Chiron Corporation. It's a company that develops and manufactures on screen graphics software. Yeah. Well, when they first came about, it wasn't software. <laughs> yeah, it was just shit that they like cut and like pasted, <laughs> like actually pasted, like optical technology Jimmy, or something. It was Jimmy <laughs> Chiron just holding it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Chiron, you down there in that basement cutting up those fucking letters again? Hey, fuck you, Jimmy. <laughs> the film industry is full of like these old terms that don't really make sense anymore. Like, do you know who, what they call the person that actually builds sets? A prop maker. Oh. Like from an airplane? Or like just the, the set It's short is a for prop. property. Yeah. But now there's a prop department, but the people that make the props aren't called prop makers because prop makers are still the people that build the sets. It's very confusing. I love it. Deep end cuts right there. Hey. They crash land into frame, all out cold. Several sets of feet encircle them. Hands reach down and grab at the bodies. 
Interior, Gandhi's house. 5 a.m. the next morning. Monday morning. Oh, oh, <laughs> it's it's not telling us that it's Monday morning for uh, Gandhi or Sunday for Hitler. They're telling us, like, because their time keeps moving forward in real time with wherever yeah. whatever they're doing. They're running out of time. So now it's Monday morning. They need to get back and give their presentation like now. Yeah, they got to do it on Monday. Then that's today. Or they're going to fail. <laughs> no way. Oh, sorry. I meant. <laughs> Both of them work. I'm very bad at this today. I do great. This is why we need to do this more often because I just forget how to do everything. And then it's just a shit show. Welcome back to the shit show, everybody. <laughs> what does this button do? <laughs> a dark room. A fire crackles nearby. The gang is passed out on cots, tucked in side by side. We hear some clanking of metal. We slowly start to make out a shadowy figure standing over Einstein, pulling Einstein's pants down. Einstein awakens. What's he doing? Ben? We see Ben Franklin still in his underwear, trying to remove Einstein's pants. They speak in hushed yells. I need your pantaloons. Einstein puts up a fight and holds the waist of his pants. Get away from me. Oh, come off it, Al. I'm a founding father, and I invented electricity. I should get your pants. Please, you electrocuted yourself with a kite. Hurrah for you. Oh, shut it. Just give them to me. For a bit. We're the same size. No, for not. Ben makes one final yank, pulling Einstein off the bed. The thud awakens Calamity. She opens her eyes to see Einstein and Ben going at it on the floor. Wrestling over the pants. Hot damn. <laughs> She's into it. <laughs> Eric slowly wakes from his slumber. We pull out to see Michelangelo nuzzled up against him and hugging him like a teddy bear. He pushes Michelangelo off him. They both wake as Ben and Einstein are now thrashing about the room. Bill and Ted are startled awake. Cleo wakes alongside them. What the hell? Mine! Mine! Ted is freaked out. He frantically looks around. Crap. Where are we? What's going on? Bill. I, I don't know. Lights on. A man stands in the doorway, smiling. It's Mohandas Gandhi with a tray of tea. Everything comes to a stop. Ben and Einstein are grabbing onto each other. Pants around Einstein's ankles. Well, hello. Who are you? Wait, calm down. You are safe at my home now. I am Mohandas Gandhi. You're what? Bill notices his now bandaged arm. Did you? You are quite welcome. Ted checks his watch. Bill, it's 5 a.m. Monday. Crap. Oh, no. Where's the phone? Bill feels his pockets. Nothing. Gandhi pulls the phone out. Is this what you speak of? It was laying right next to you when we found you on the hilltop. <laughs> I put it in some rice for you. <laughs> <laughs> Ted grabs the phone and flips it open. It's dead. Ted shakes the phone a few times. He notices something on his hand. He turns the what? phone around and sees Blue leaking out. What the? He licks the phone and thinks for a beat. Blue Rasmataz Slurpee. Bill looks the other way. Bill? Nothing. Bill? Bill turns back around to see the entire crew looking at him in despair. Bill stares back for a beat. Okay. Yes, I did it. It's my fault. This music's what? fucking perfect. What? The Circle K. I dropped the phone in my Slurpee. I'm the big idiot. That's why it was acting so crazy. I broke it. And I'm sorry, everybody. 
I'm really sorry. Silence. Gandhi places a hand on Bill's shoulder. Young man, I have no idea what you are talking about, but you have done a brave thing admitting it. Now, for you all to forgive is an even greater act of bravery. Gandhi Lord looks towards the unhappy gang. Hold on a moment. Are you saying we're stuck here? In India? Forever? In unison, the gang breaks out in anger. Ted is silent. Eric grunts throughout, punching his hand. Mava fan culo figlio de merda. You cocksucking bitches! <laughs> the shouting overlaps, becoming incomprehensible. Amidst the chaos, Ben goes for Albert's pants again. Einstein slaps him off. Gandhi claps his hands. Enough. They stop. Please, we all need to relax. A solution cannot be attained through chaos. A solution cannot be attained without whiskey. Where is it? I abstain from alcohol. I don't allow it in my house. Well, now we're really fucked. Please, let us give our friends a moment. Gandhi ushers the gang out of the room. I knew it would happen one day. I'd screw up and get stuck in another time in ancient India, and everyone would hate me. Bill. No, Ted, don't bill me. See, uh, my new Indian name is Balaji, okay? So get used to it. Balaji, the guy who made his friends live in the most boring place ever in the history of the universe, will never see the Dark Knight or play Halo 4 or eat a burrito again. I'll never feel the sweet rumble of my Nintendo DS. Ted springs up. That's it. He quickly pops the battery out of the phone, runs to the glass of water on the dresser, and dunks the phone in it. Ted, Ted what, what are you doing? Remember when you came over to get your DS and I told you I had rabies and slammed the door in your face? Yeah. I didn't have rabies. I had nachos and got Via Vida all over your DS. Sorry. So that's what that smell is. I thought it was cat puke. But I cleaned it and it worked. Well, that one time. I've tried a few other times and it hasn't. You know how you've lost two Xbox controllers? I threw them out and told you they kind of disappear like socks when you do laundry. Again, sorry. Oh, okay, so what you're saying is it might work. Or we throw the phone out like a sock. Basically. Yeah. Ted waves it through the water one last time. One Shakira. Two Shakira. Three Shakira. Four. We need heat. Interior. Gandhi's dining room. Same time. Eric, Cleo, Calamity, Ben, Michelangelo, and Einstein sit around a table. They wear traditional Indian garb. Gandhi serves up minimal portions of unappealing vegetarian fare. Oh, hold up. I don't care that it's vegetarian. This is Indian food in India cooked by an Indian. That shit's going to be delicious. Yeah, but not for calamity. Also, wasn't he like notorious for like week long fasts? I don't think he. That was when he was in prison. Oh. You got any pig? Some beef, maybe? Eric daintily picks up a lentil and tries it. It's gross. He reaches for the water pitcher and rips his shawl. He looks around, embarrassed. Bill and Ted bust in from the other room. They stop and look at the gang for a beat. Misery. Val? We think we could get it working again. We just need a little time and an oven. Which way to the kitchen? Gandhi points. Ted takes off for the kitchen. Bill follows, only to be grabbed by Calamity, who intently whispers, You better get that phone working for I kill that perv Franklin. He's been touching my feet under the table the whole meal. 
She lets go and adjusts his shirt. Scared, he backs away. Flip to interior, Gandhi's kitchen, a few minutes later. Bill and Ted stare at the oven, waiting. I'm sorry I didn't tell you about the phone earlier. I should have told you about your DS and your Xbox controllers. Maybe we should make a deal. We tell each other stuff even if we think it'll make the other person mad. If it's the truth, it's all good. I'm cool with that. Well done, boys. As I said, forgiveness is true bravery. The guys turn to see Gandhi smiling like a proud father with the rest of the gang by his side. Thanks, Mahamana. (laughs) Cut the sissy talk. Is it working? Ted's watch beeps. We're about to find out. Ted removes the phone with tongs and places it on the table. He blows on the phone to cool it off, then picks it up. Okay, everybody. Here goes. Ted flips open the phone and presses a key. A beat. Come on. Come on. Nothing. Ted tries again. Nothing. The gang hang their heads. They eye their surroundings. Is this where they will spend the rest of their lives? Eric looks like he's about to cry. Wait, look. The phone is now faintly lit up and growing in intensity. He picks it up as it starts to flow with electric blue light. Yes! Bill and Ted do their signature handshake. Sweet mother of suck! Get me out of this getup! Yes, this homespun loincloth is giving me a terrible rash. Those pants are mine if I get to them first. Ben tries to get in front of Einstein, but Einstein easily blocks him. The gang quickly exits. Did I miss a part where they were all dressed in loincloths and shit? I guess that happened. Uh, Maybe this is how they woke up. So, Ganja, want to come with us? What do we need him for? We have everyone. Bill, he's extra credit. We're like overachievers now. I love it. Gee, you coming or what? I'd be delighted. Exploring another culture and people is the key to understanding and accepting each other's differences. Yeah, yeah, great. Guys, come on, we gotta go. The gang rushes in. Wearing their regular clothes, Einstein buttons his shirt as Ted dials. Everyone stands close. Okay, let's go home. The bubble circles them as Ted presses send. They're gone. Interior bubble, space-time, continuous. The revived bubble hurtles through space-time. Cheers abound. So, like, you're important, right? Well, each and every one of us is important, Ted. Good one. I like the way you think. Bill reaches into his pocket and pulls out a crumpled list. I'm going to add you to my list of people to Wikipedia. The bubble hurdles off. Interior, Ted's Kitchen. Present time. Day. Chiron, Ted's Kitchen. 9.06 a.m. Monday. Shazow! The blue bubble appears and the gang is all back. Ted notices a note on the counter. It worked. Suburban San Dimas, I love you. Cabrones, with my hombres, text me, Tez. Tez? He has a cell phone? Ted grabs his regular cell phone off the counter. Flip to... Why are all the historical figures stoked to be in 2007 San Dimas like they won? Because they like, have food and shit. And like, there's like like penicillin. Like, yeah, but they, they just wanted to go home. Like, and then they're like, yeah, we did it. And the rest of them are like, well, is the phone broke? He's like, yeah, it only had gas for like one more go. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, uh, I don't think anyone but Einstein had penicillin previously. That's true. Right? Penicillin. It's almost as good. They didn't have any antibiotics. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, yes. Exterior, San Dimas Galleria. Same time. An El Camino pulls up in front of the mall. Cortez and a few of his soccer buds are inside. Cortez hops out. Gracias por el paseo. You kicked ass yesterday. You could play anytime. They rev the engine and drive off. He waves and yells. Adios, cocksuckers. Yeah. Cortez's phone beeps. He looks at it. Flip two. Interior. Ted's house. Kitchen. Same time. Ted looks down at his cell phone and reads. At mall. Cocksuckers. Crap. Corksackers. Corksackers. Crap. We gotta go get him. Bill waves his hand for the gang to follow. Vominos, homies. They all exit. Interior, Los Angeles City Bus. Moments later. The gang sit uncomfortably on a cramped city bus. Ben, now sporting a pair of Ted's shorts. Weird looks from all. Bill and Ted smile to passengers and assuage their fears. Eric belches. An elderly woman next to him makes a disgusted face and walks off. Calamity notices a man in a suit staring. She curls her lip and makes a rough kiss gesture at him. You want to go? Pussy! The bus stops. Ted springs up. Whoop! Here we are. They start to file off. Interior, San Dimas Galleria. Afternoon. Bill and Ted, with their crew behind them, enter the mall. All right, this is the world-famous San Dimas Galleria. It's one of the seven wonders of the modern world. Stay here by the pottery barn until we get back. Don't move. We're going to find Cortez. No move-o. Bill and Ted take off in opposite directions on a mission to get Cortez. Everyone stands for a moment, eyeing the wonders around them. They can't help themselves and slowly start to spread out, walking off in different directions. Music cue. Supermodel by Jill Sobule. Never heard of the song or the person, and I certainly don't have it on my soundboard. Interior. Mall slash hookah lounge. Albert Einstein passes a hookah lounge. Intrigued, he walks in and takes a seat with a group of college students. Interior mall slash color me mine. Michelangelo walks in to see people sitting and painting various ceramics. He smiles when he sees the paint and brushes all around him. Like a kid in a candy shop, he grabs a ceramic bear and takes a seat. He thinks for a second as he eyes the possibilities in the bear. He begins to grab brushes and paint from some neighbors. Interior mall, Dick and Harry's sporting goods. Cortez and Eric the Red walk around the store, manhandling... Wait, so Eric the Red found Cortez? Oh. Yeah, this, it, keeps saying, it keeps saying Cortez. Cortez and Eric the Red walk around the store, manhandling everything from half balls to basketballs. Nerf balls to basketballs. Wow. They chuck several items as they go by, tearing through the store. Cortez spots a sneaker display stand and goes for it. He picks up a Healy and is intrigued by the wheels. <laughs> you guys remember Healy's? Uh, yes. I do. So, so this is the mall scene, shot for shot, and the the soccer scene would have been when they took Napoleon to Waterloo, the water park, and he kept fucking chunking kids off the ride so that he could go next, and then the cops arrested him. I have no memory of that whatsoever. Yeah. Because he lost the Battle of Waterloo. So, like, if you were Napoleon Bonaparte, where would you be? Like, Waterloo. <laughs> Eric eyes two jocks tossing darts and walks over curiously. One of the jocks offers Eric a dart. Eric tosses it at the board. It flies into the wall. The two guys laugh. Interior, mall, yoga for you. Gandhi is in the middle of an intense yoga class. His skills are amazing. He pulls off some moves that don't even exist, building up a sweat and a crowd of admirers. <laughs> They're crowding exactly. around him doing yoga like it's breakdancing. Okay, so that's the same exact scene that was in the first one where uh, Joan of Arc was running an aerobics class. She pushed the aerobics teacher out of the way. And was we like, get it, Jeff. You've seen the movie. 
No, I'm saying this is like it's not even like clever anymore. <laughs> like, like at least it was like taking different shots at that the it's, formula. This is just repeating it. It's just search and replace. Yeah. Well, at least they, they chose different historical figures, but now it's all just like falling back in on itself. It's it's just updating it a little bit because no one does aerobics anymore. Now it's all about yoga. Okay, yoga. Yeah, no. Uh, wow, I could have connected those. Took brilliant screenwriters to, to, to figure out how to shake that one up. <laughs> Interior mall, Victoria's Secret. We see a mannequin wearing red lace underwear and bra. A set of hands comes from behind and starts to grope the plastic woman. Ben Franklin pops his head around. Ah, yes. She'll do. She'll do just fine. How much for the lady doll? A nearby shopper puts down a pair of underwear and exits. A disgusted saleswoman walks over. You, oh, oh. Uh, sir, the mannequin is not for sale. Can I help you? Why, yes. I'd like to see these in a large. Ben holds up a pair of white tights. Interior Mall, Victoria's Secret, dressing room area. Ben exits the dressing room in his new tights and admires himself in the full-length mirror. Splendid! How long does this fucking mall shit go on? It goes on for a while. If, if you want to know, that was actually Sigmund Freud's thing was the lingerie and he kept asking everybody how they felt about their mothers. Well, this mall scene seems never to end. <laughs> we don't have time for that shit. It's like so, three pages, four pages. Fade out. <laughs> Release the Sean cut. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> we'll pick that up in two weeks when we come back to the script. Um, but yeah, now now it's just getting like tedious at this point yeah this okay so what we're getting right now is all this mall shit is filler and where all this space in the script should have been put is instead of dropping them all at gandhi they should have been spread throughout history when they all fell out of the bubble in the time stream have like an adventure getting back together exactly like, maybe Ted has the phone, he figures out how to clean it and fix it, and then he has to go and find everybody. Um, that sounds like a fun movie right there. I'm about to say, that's actually like a whole movie, though. That'd be like the sequel where they gotta go do it again or something, and then, like, you got people falling in and out of time, so you got, like, Calamity Jane having to fight fucking dinosaurs, and just bring back more of that Hitler-Einstein shit. That shit was funny as fuck. Yeah, um... This is just like, oh, hey, the historical figures dealing with the modern world in the mall. Eh. Like, if you want to make this interesting, how about put Eric the Red in laser tag? Or, I don't know. Uh, it's just feeling real stale right now. And I'm, right. I'm fine for ending the episode. We've had technical difficulties aplenty, and I'm ready to go. Josh, <laughs> where can these fuckers find you on the internet? Whoa! <laughs> fuckers, you can find me at joshojbaker.com. Doing a lot of video work lately. Come holla at me. What he said. Um, this podcast is at tablereadspodcast.com. My other podcast, Stargirl After Show. Uh, well, Stargirl's over for the season, so um, we're just running uh, extended interviews over there but you can check that out if you would like at stargirlaftershow.com leave us a review here at table reads in that iTunes store slash Apple Podcasts do that shit and check out our Patreon links to everything are on the website that's it for us we're gonna get the fuck out of here uh, and we will see you in two weeks not one week cause we're on a quarantine schedule um because despite everything going that you see out in the world um the coronavirus is not fucking over people wear your masks don't eat in a restaurant for fuck's sake god damn it just because you're over it doesn't mean that it's over 
It's like we haven't even had it get better a little bit. It's just gotten worse since it started and people are acting like it is over. We miss each other. Wear your mask for that's the sake like, of this podcast. That's like going through six months of chemo, weighing 94 pounds, having a tumor the size of your head in your lungs and going, well, I'm glad that cancer's over. Yeah. You fuckers. <laughs> <sighs> See, Sean's now I'm just upset. doing it for five minutes after he cuts the podcast <laughs> off. He's like, bye, guys. He's like, and anyway. <laughs> That's it for us. Come back next week when we're going to finish up this fucking script. This podcast was created by Sean McBee. We'll miss you. For more. Visit TableReadsPodcast.com Cut to Black.